Welcome, everyone. This is, I guess I got to be Manny again because it continues being, I'm usually Mac on the Rock when I do my radio show. But I keep on introducing myself as Manny because it's local politics. Today I'm with uh, Jennifer Buttrick. This is Mrs. Buttrick, correct? Yes, or Jennifer is fine. No, for the file's name so I can record it because I didn't want to say Miss Buttrick. Uh, Make someone. Miss, but that's okay. All right. Okay, fantastic. And uh, Jennifer's here to uh, talk about the genesis of the charter amendments that are that, that are before the voters. I understand many people have already made a decision and mailed in their ballots and stuff like that. And uh, we're going to be talking about this for about an hour. So uh, I definitely will be cognizant of your words, not mine. If I ask you any questions, I'll either ask them because I read it in a chat or it's a sentiment out there or as a property owner, since I'm one of the commercial property owners out here. So my, uh, my general outline is for you to go one by one, because I think the average you know, constituent wants to know one by one. I bet you there's people that haven't even read these charters, you know, these amendments. And they, although they've been explained and people have, you know, might have read them in the island there, but hey, there's constituents that don't, don't necessarily read the, the commentaries. So... By all means, thank you very much for coming, and I bet you're surprised that we're here together. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. I've been wanting to come on your show. I think it's an important platform, and you have you have yeah, an audience cool. that may be different than our audience. So I, I think know, it's I don't important. know because it's rock and roll, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so I really don't know. I, for lack of uh, local programming, imagine the genesis is started when I was much younger, and I wanted to, uh, you know, build. Keep a Skin Community Television. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall that, but yeah. that was uh, that was back in the Adelpha cable days. So I've always wanted it to be a community voice, basically, for us to be able to talk to the mainland. We get to 165,000 people all the way down to Palmetto Bay. I Technologically, I learned really quickly I don't have enough power in the station, license-wise, to penetrate downtown. I can't go through those buildings. <laughs> so I would hear my audience, but only in the intersections. It's terrible. That's funny. So I just turned the antenna and I headed south. In the, in the end, more affluent community, more people interested in ideas and, and thoughts and stuff on the east side of US-1, all the way down to Palmetto Bay. So a lot of areas my father helped incorporate. Absolutely. Yes. Perfect segue. So how, how is it that these, uh, I know that the revision comes. And, and, you know, the mayor basically uh, nominates, I believe council members can if they want. Yeah, council, actually this time I think most council members nominated um, people uh, to possibly serve on the commission. And then there's an election. So one has to be a council member. They selected Allison McCormick because it has to be someone serving their second term. So it was either Brett or Allison. So someone can use it to reelect themselves. Um, no, well, not not uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't I know what the genesis of the original uh, charter writing, even though uh, you know my father was a participant, I couldn't answer that question. So okay, so now uh, you guys uh, meet how often? So well, first of all, so the, in December, it's actually prescribed by the charter. So the charter revision happens every five years, and the idea is that you keep the charter current. 
and and reflecting best practices in municipal government. And the model charter, which is a document that's created by an organization that focuses on municipal level government, um, actually has a provision in it that would provide for charter revision um, every five to 10 years. Some do it in a shorter period of time. Some do it a longer period of time. Interestingly enough, it was actually a ballot question to take it to 10 years and the Key Biscayners rejected that. They wanted it every five years. So it's every five years, okay. elected by council. So four members are elected. One is a council member. And and then we begin deliberations in January, and we meet over the course of three months, January, February, and March. So once a month? Uh, it wasn't once a month. We had six meetings. And you guys, so. you guys choose that time frame, or is that also in the charter? No, we actually decided how many times to meet. So we go over every provision in the charter, discuss them, decide if there's something that needs to be changed. And with the recognition that there are only so many amendments that you can take to the electorate, or be, it becomes overwhelming. I think in 2002, they had over 20 amendments, and most of them failed. Because once you get beyond a certain number, it's just... People just say no. Yeah, overload. Yeah. Yeah, they, they I don't mean, want to read them on the ballot. They'll just right. say no just because they don't want to read them. That's now, what's happening now. People are just saying no to everything, even though one of them just is electronic public notice of meetings, which I find shocking. That's, uh, you want to start You want to start with that one? It's the well, easiest first, before one. Before you do that, sorry for interrupting, uh, please uh, tell the audience uh, who the members were. Okay, so the member, it was Allison McCormick was the chair. Judd Kurlanchik was the vice chair, um, myself, Jennifer Stearns-Buttrick, and Judd Kurlanchik and Marco Gomez. All of us are long-term Key Biscayne residents nominated by different people on the council and elected by the council. Okay. Uh, fantastic. So now that you mentioned the electronic noticing, might as well start there and work your way back. Oh, we're okay. So that's, that's actually number six. It, it's <laughs> number six, but it really is the, the least controversial one. And this goes to, at least in my opinion, and this goes to the purpose of a Charter Revision Commission, is to keep it current and to look at the charter and say, hey, how can we make our government more efficient, more transparent, and, and keep up with technology? And one thing that we find is elect, everyone uses computers and technology, and we should provide better notice to our citizens. So, for instance, some meetings, it's the only requirement is a posted notice at at Village Hall. Yeah, I mean, how that many little, that little right, foyer there? Right. How many people are walking by to see if a sunshine meeting is noticed? So we actually wanted better notice. So vote for number six if you want better notice of meetings. Okay, fantastic. Okay, in fact, one of uh, one of the opposition uh, ex council members who is against. Other amendments actually will support of that one. Yes, it's a. I mean, it really it's is just democracy. It, the more notice to the constituent, the better. Listen, and some people have argued, well, you shouldn't have to put that in the charter to do it, but the charter provides for written notice and posted notice, so it seems to make sense to also require electronic notice. In this day and age, yeah. I, f- I fully understand. Okay, so uh, what would you like to discuss after that? Five, uh, or you want to go? Uh, no, we can, uh, We, you know, there is a seven also, which is also yes, pretty much or, a no-brainer. Uh, so let, let me talk, let's talk about the easiest ones first, um, just because, you know, six and seven to me are just no-brainers. Seven is actually a requirement that a new council have a meeting to discuss specific provisions and pass by ordinance how open meetings are going to take place. And that is specifically referring to sunshine meetings. So sunshine meetings are meetings in between council meetings where 
Council members get together and have a public meeting to discuss an issue. Right now, those meetings are not recorded. Sometimes minutes are not taken. And Ooh, they're not good. they're not properly noticed and, oftentimes. Uh, as a little, so, a little nostalgia, my mother was a court reporter in Cuba. Okay, interesting. <laughs> court reporting is a very fascinating yeah, skill. Yeah, that's how she became fluent in, in English. Yeah. She came to America already fluent in English. Yeah, so it, the idea is that the council, but we didn't want to exactly prescribe the details of how Sunshine Meetings should take place. It should be up to the council, but it should be discussed in a public forum and an ordinance should be passed by every council as to how these meetings will be taking place. And I hope that people come and say, we want them recorded. I think they should be recorded. I think there should be minutes. date and time of the meetings uh, you will announce this publicly that's going to be recorded and not being recorded, or is it going to be universal? Well, that's going to be up to the council. The council is going to have to establish rules for Sunshine meetings. We wanted it to be flexible, but it's not to get around any state rules. It's actually, like some people are saying in opposition to this, it's actually put to put additional requirements on these sunshine meetings that occur between council uh, members between meetings. Okay. Yeah, you know, and, it's and interesting. It's difficult because everybody's social friends as well. So two council members could just have a beer and start talking stuff and they have to yeah. They have to pause and they say, shouldn't. no, we can't, we can't speak. Yeah, they shouldn't. And, you know, I, it, my experience, I know, having been on the Charter Revision Commission and we were subject to sunshine, I did not have any conversations yeah, no. with any of the people on the commission between meetings. It's just prohibited. And um, and following that, and the law has an important purpose that, you know, Absolutely. discussions should happen in the public eye. No backroom dealings. Exactly. exactly. It's to get away from that. But, um, you know, our, the only public corruption um, investigation in the village history involved the conduct at a sunshine meeting. So it's really important and, and it needs and the, to be handled and well. And a total technicality and human error. And I think it was, I mean, she made a mistake and she admitted yeah. to making a mistake and unfortunately it cost us $35,000. It was an expensive mistake. So that would be, the, that would actually be the genesis for the, that particular amendment. Well, I think it was one of them. And I also think that in past councils, not the current council, there have been mayors and council meetings who have had many, many sunshine meetings. Now it doesn't have it happen as often and we don't have a record of those meetings. And that's problematic. That is that is problematic. So if you agree, vote yes on seven. Okay. now. Take a sip. Take a sip of your water and head, for, you. head, for, the, so, head for the tough one. Yeah, the, the more controversial one. And I mean, I'd like to start with um, uh, number two and number three, which involve the debt cap. I think that's a, these are really important issues. And you talk about, should, you know, I keep on hearing we shouldn't change our original charter. But I remind people a lot of these amendments actually weren't were are addressing yeah, items that were added later. They yes. were not in the original charter. Well, the- I, my antidote to that is that one thing I did remember, and I, uh, Luis Laredo reminded me, that my father was really for debt cap in the original charter and disappointed that it never was there. Yeah, never it, got, it, never, it got overruled, you know, in the five members. It got voted out. But my Luis, when he ran again after all those years he was gone, he reminded... Uh, me and in public because it was some of these things were in public forums as he was running I remember specifically once in the Ocean Club where he points me out in the crowd and says I I really regret not listening to Mr. Campbell when we formed this charter about the debt because government has a tendency to just grow 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 now what do you say to that because I always uh, that's that's what people are saying the ones who are against it are saying you know government just 
It's not even personal, really. It's just government. You know? Right. No, no, no. I get it. And I listen, a debt cap sounds like a good idea, right? I mean, it seems like, hey, this makes sense. And we so wish it was, the federal government did that. Well, you know, <laughs> it, but I, I would say that, you know, I listened to your radio show where you had Betty Sim Conroy and Luis Laredo, and they both said that no, a no, debt cap. No, uh, no, Mr. Sawyer. Uh, uh, Luis was suffering oh, from... Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, you're COVID. right. You're, that's correct. You're, uh, but they both said that a debt cap was in the original charter, and they were mistaken. Yeah, they were mistaken. Um, that's probably... My dad's voice was very loud. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, I went back and read the minutes, but I couldn't remember that a debt cap was discussed, but the minutes aren't thorough, so it may have been. Um, well, I do remember, Betty, that came out recently in social media posts, uh, where Betty is... Uh, I think he's. Uh, she's before um, uh, Mayor Roscoe's uh, mayorship, and she was against a debt cap. Yeah, she was. And so a debt cap is um, uh, many municipalities don't have them. It's not required because yeah. there's a natural debt cap. Like, you know, financial institutions are not going to lend municipality money that they can't pay back. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, Palmetto, uh, Pinecrest and Palmetto Bay do not have debt caps. Those that do have debt caps are much less restrictive than Kiva's gains. We have the most restrictive debt cap of any municipality in Miami-Dade County or any that we could find. Uh, the, yeah, I think Palm Beach is a really similar municipality to Key Biscayne. They have a 5% debt cap. Um, you have uh, Cutler Bay has 3%, but it only applies to general obligation bonds. Mm, so it doesn't apply to other debt. Um, Bell Harbor has 25% as their debt cap. So if we raise, if we pass number two, we will still have the most restrictive debt cap of any municipality in Miami-Dade County at 2%. And the thing is, you also, you don't want to go up to your debt cap. You want to have some room. And by having a 1% debt cap with all of the projects that we must get done, we're putting ourselves in a position as to not be able to complete the projects because we will not be able to borrow to the debt cap. You always want some reserve there in the event of a catastrophic a catastrophic hurricane or some other event. So raising the debt cap actually makes financial sense. We have to protect our property values. The number one obligation of our village government is to protect the investment we have all made here. Oh, more more to that idea later. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I, have, I have ideas that... Uh... Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm in this harsh reality of having more ideas than most people have had meals. And I people... have a lot of ideas, too. You know. <laughs> well, the and... thing is that I compare my ideas to meals, and since I'm a fairly large guy, it's, it's saying something. So, uh, okay, continue. So, so that's number – so, I, I mean, I, I think that voting yes on number two – uh, which is the raising the debt cap from 1% to 2% is respectful of the people who wanted a debt cap, still maintaining the most restrictive debt cap of any municipality in Miami-Dade County, and um, but allowing us to complete the infrastructure projects that are necessary to protect our property values. We could complete or just get like 50% done? or, or? I, I don't know what the numbers are. And I think we have to look at state and federal funding that will become available to get these projects done. I know that, you know, Key Biscayne can be in a position to model best practices in protecting barrier no, there's islands. infrastructure money at the federal and, level. Exactly. So I think that uh, 2% will hopefully get us a long way there. But that's why th- number three is important as well. So number three is sort of uh, a... Uh, which would allow the debt cap to be exceeded for specific projects if approved by the voters. So say that we reached our 2%, the the 2% passes, we're doing the projects, and we don't have enough. 
We could go to the voters on a specific item, on a specific project, and say we want to get X, Y, and Z done or X done. And will do you think you people of Key Biscayne, we should raise the debt cap or, you know, go beyond the debt cap to do this project? And the voters say yes, then we can exceed the debt cap. Does well, that make I, sense? I, I misspoke a little bit there. I'm sorry. No, no, no I, uh, I, I gave this thought to my mind, uh, something that Fernando Vasquez said here on the 19th when they were all together. He said it's likely that in a sewer type project, you get under the ground and you start seeing things that mm-hmm. cost more money. And he alluded to something that uh, scanners have to face, you know, a larger pipe in between a property out to the sea to discharge flood waters. And that's uh, overbearing if your property is the one picked, right? So, I mean, if the water has to go out, and this is why I, I always go into an idea, uh, when we was so vigilant and so obsessed with open space and all that, and we did these pocket parks, we should have shown, we should have all these years shown more vision and maybe buy a waterfront lot so that we could run that pipe through there. Well, I've always wanted to buy a waterfront lot, and, and I, I think I, it's I was, been discussed the rumor has over it the that years. There's been more than one available to us, and we just are, we shun the price, and then the price goes up so, to I know, double. I know. And that's uh, lack of vision, and that's yeah. very annoying for a person like me where you can just see it so obvious that... My God. And he 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 galvanized that point. So, I am not an engineer, so yeah. I, I can't answer any of those questions well, about another, how they're... There's another good joke out there. We don't know if Fernando's talking about flood more than Noah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I cracked up when I when I heard that. It was actually yep. a good one. And he's very proud of uh, what he's done over the years, so... Yeah, we have Kudo. really good candidates running for council. It's great. Okay. And uh, your your show was terrific, really. The, the nice collegial and, and, dialogue. And I can't be accused of interrupting because I just kept it going. Yeah, it was it was very nice. <laughs> I'm trying my best here too. I don't want I want you to speak. I don't I don't really want to interject so much. I just try to bring the community yeah. feel since I've been so, here for so long. <laughs> but going back to the so two and three are both debt cap questions. They're not inconsistent with one another. You can vote yes for two and yes for three. Because at it, but if if the one percent stays, then number th- you know, and people vote against number two, which raises it to two percent, then number three is really important. We we have to do these projects. You know, we just must invest in our infrastructure, or we're going to lose our property values. And you look at Miami Beach, and they've made these investments, and they're. Property values are higher than ours if you look at waterfront properties there. So we need to make these investments to signal to the market that we're serious about protecting Key Biscayne. Well, one thing that I believe on on idea of I have expressed every idea I've come up with, I've expressed it to the existing council at the time. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to them sooner or later. And uh, one one idea I had, which had a video backing me up, was the residential community in front of Bell Harbor. When I say Bell Harbor, I actually mean the west side of Bell Harbor because Bell Harbor is usually just, people just see it as buildings. But there's residential area. Mm -hmm. And in that community, it's a gated community, in that community is the curb cuts that you also see at Bay Point. And uh, we need curb cuts all over the key to channel this water. And guess what? There's nothing more pleasant to see in a neighborhood is for everybody's property up against a piece of, unfortunately, concrete, which is like a little minor gutter. Like we had when I first moved here, I remember being a little kid, being very impressed in 1975. I saw the green 
sidewalks and the gutters on Crandon. And I thought, oh my God, I'm in an amusement park. And I'm in a. I thought that was like the coolest thing. I came from. I came from Westchester. You know. Yeah, I don't remember that growing (laughs) up. That's funny. And and uh, you know all of these things because there are other things that can be done like creating. not berms. I, I I don't know the technical terms, but the, some has been done on the West Coast. You know where there's a lot of plantings and and you know water can be absorbed in the front of properties that doesn't necessarily involve concrete. Um, so there are well, different the, ways. Are, are you taken aback by the gutter idea in terms of the curb no, cut? No, no, no. I'm not taking. It does it. require I, some properties to be elevated because they'd be underneath. Yeah, the I'm not. I'm not an engineer. I don't know what the right answers are, but there are solutions, and we need to make an investment to address the various options. Options. I, you know, I, I want to talk about the charter amendments today. Not the best way to drain yeah, water really, and keep really. skate. because yeah. I'm certainly not the person who no, should be discussing uh, that. Believe me, Fernando's yeah. talked plenty about it. Yeah, so that's good. The community so, should be informed. So two and three, I think we've covered, which is are, are the debt cap, um, and four is the one that is in, uh, which is the zoning change, is the one that is engendering the most um, objection. You know, which is. Um, it's, it's very, very disappointing. And, and one thing that I'd like to say is when you look at the work at the Charter Revision Commission, we were really focused on best practices in municipal government and looking at our charter, looking at what our community needs to get done and how can our charter best um, enable us to do the projects and get the work done. And, um, and this zoning provision that was put in our charter in 2007 is highly unusual. You know, no other municipality. It was it was was reactionary and and it was overbroad. And at the time in 2007, I voted I voted against it because I I have a I, I don't believe in government by referendum. I mean, there's certain things that people vote on. People vote on charter amendments, but the charter amendments are supposed to be, um, you know, sort of how our government functions. We shouldn't be voting on a technical and complicated document that requires a level of expertise. And that is what is now in the charter, because any text changes to definitions have to be approved by the electorate. So if you talk to our current director of planning and zoning, there are numerous changes that he would like to make simply to clarify the code, to make it easier to understand. And that alone could be 20 ballot questions or more. Can you imagine taking 20 questions to the electorate on, on just clarifications? I mean, no well-functioning municipality has this provision. You, we have a representative democracy. We elect people to make decisions. Zoning codes should be left to the experts to amend. And, you know, people say, well, what about density? Our council can can vote to increase density on Keebus Gain. And that's just such a false argument. So do you know how you have to increase density on Keebus Gain, assuming anyone wanted to do that, well, which no one does? Well, master plan would take a role. You'd have to first change that. So sometimes you don't, because sometimes the zoning code and the master plan are inconsistent with one another on density. Uh, as as far as Keepy's Gang goes, they're actually consistent. So the first thing you would have to do is amend the comprehensive master plan. That requires state-level review. Right now, 
the state is not approving increases in density on barrier islands. It's not happening. Especially after Hurricane Ian. It's not happening. So this whole notion that we're going to remake Key Biscayne and turn it into Manhattan or Brickell or Aventura with buildings and, you know, and the Empire State Building in the middle of the residential neighborhood is hogwash. It's never going to happen. And also to uh, be devil's advocate here, uh, there's also fear that, I'm speaking as a property owner Uh now, reducing density not increasing density on the knockdown of a, of a property's bought or sold and it's being demolished, obviously. Could you, and I think the audience would like to hear, I personally would, mm-hmm. uh, is there a mechanism for the density to be reduced from what they previously had when they sold. So now the charter language is actually written that increases in density have to be approved by the voters. So council could actually decrease density without going to the voters. So there are certain things they can do. I will say it's very convoluted and you have the planning and zoning department and council sometimes looking at the language in the charter saying, okay, is this something that we have to go to the electorate or can we do this on their own and it creates confusion um, but on a lot of matters the council's just and the planning department has decided not to act so we've had a zoning code frozen in 2007 and you know uh, I, I wrote an op-ed piece so Mike Kelly's f- former council member Mike Kelly who spearheaded this amendment because of the Senesta redevelopment said that this charter amendment was a, a wolf in sheep's clothing and, and my argument was door. my argument is the wolf is in the charter okay yeah. the wolf is already in the charter and we need to vote yes on amendment four to get it out this is bad government and Anyone concerned with best practices in municipal government and how a government is supposed to function will vote yes on this amendment. If you look at the people who served on council, if you looked at the people running for council now, there's overwhelming support for approving this amendment. And it's not because they want to overdevelop Key Biscayne. They want to be able to update our code to reflect what we're facing now, which is sea level rise and flooding and and take the parks. You mentioned the parks. So the definition of parks right now doesn't allow water retention and pumps. Mm -hmm. So the the council could have zoned a park a government use to allow that. But then in 20 years, someone could have put a building on that. Well, I remember going before the council considering government use when they converted against my wishes at the podium to convert government use to the baseball diamond. Now it's it's naturally a water retended area because it's the toilet bowl of the island. Where I mean, is that? I'm yeah, the, the, the baseball diamond at the K eight center because oh, we were okay. maintaining it, and it was you know county operated mm-hmm. property. But we were taking over the mowing of the grass because mm-hmm. we wanted our kids to play in a nice field. And I remember going that day. Uh, you know, school. I usually didn't miss my my marks when I when school was on the agenda. And it's ironic, you know, it's government zone. It can be. It, it's you don't even have to say it's a retented pool. It's just. Right. Water goes there. That's the okay. middle of the island. There's yes, a lot yes, of flooding yes. there. Yeah, it's a lot of flooding. And um, your point's well taken from the standpoint of our community, quality of life, and all that. But it's not well taken on my position as a property owner. I can see how property owners out here, there's really only two that are uh, practically below sea level. You know, they they have a legitimate fear to lose their density if the government chose to. So that's funny because they're, the property owners are running on a, this is going to increase density. Yeah. So, and the reality is they may be, but, but the council could change and reduce density owner, and today. I know, I know my property is the tallest 
I'm the highest above the crowd of the road. I'm not talking for me. Right. I'm just talking as a real estate owner. It sucks to pay, carry a property for years. I remember when my father bought 800 credits, 32,000, 58,000 in taxes today. Yeah. It keeps on going up. It's crazy, now, but our, our municipal taxes are the lowest in Miami-Dade County. We have to remember that. Yeah. Like it's but And, and the municipal see, taxes are less than 20% of the total tax bill. Okay, so you could see how a property owner, who, who we know the properties there. They're, one's a very large one where, where the Winn-Dixie is, and the other is the 7-Eleven property. The other ones, I believe, are already elevated, uh, maybe with, to some extent... Uh, uh, where Domino's Pizza is, I forgot the address of that. But I think that's elevated too. So it's really just two properties that have got to be very concerned that if you reduce their density, there goes their real estate value. Yeah, I mean, I listen, I think that, that first of all, council can reduce density. So whether you vote yes or no on Amendment 4, council can still reduce density. And most of our commercial areas are not maxed out in terms of the allowable density, which I think, you know, people are surprised by the size of St. Agnes. And and there's a rumor going around that the council approved a variance to increase the no, size. That's, that's not true. That's that is I'm allowed. Speaking as a Catholic, yeah, we, so, uh, we played by the rules. We, well, and, and so did council. There was no increase in size of the building. That is allowed under the code. But I think that people are sort of surprised by that. And well, not us Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, so, uh, we uh, just to speak for Catholics, I have to speak up. And uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, candidate uh, Joe Rasko will, will agree with me on this. Uh, Catholics are quite accustomed to being the church, right? And we are Catholic, so we believe that everybody's in protest for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. We can go, that's a rabbit hole that we can't go down. But we see the enormity of our churches in all over the world. I mean, just huge statements, closer to God kind of statements. <laughs> there is nothing more indicative of that than the President St. Agnes. You get to that corner and you're like, oh my God. And you're like, uh, I'm a Catholic, you know, all I can do is just drive by it. And, you know, I personally, uh, donated the paint, you know, to make sure that that yellow never returns. So it's, <laughs> and it's working. The, the, uh, that's all I asked for. I'll donate the paint, but please, no more yoke yellow, please. Yes. And well, I think once you, the landscaping is in and we see the building completed, it's going to change the how it looks. And, I, you know, we have to give it time. But there are people who think that a variance was granted to make it larger. That's and that's true. just not true. And I think the variance involved the spire. So go know, to confession, and, folks, whoever accused us of that. Yes. We didn't do that. And uh, I'm not Catholic, but yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I well, we're I a great understood. nation of Protestants and this country's too awesome. They, they let me in. Uh, no, excuse me. They left my parents in so I could be born free. <laughs> it's awesome. So it's not a knock on our face at all, but Catholics are like that. We build these big churches. Well, listen, when we <laughs> go around the world and and go to other countries, and where do we go? We go to churches. We go to religious institutions. We go to government buildings. We go to beautiful buildings. So, and, I've and been they, to the most, one of the most beautiful churches in London. It was a Protestant church. It was just, I walked in there and I was like, whoa. What an honor to be here. Yeah. So, and and certainly I'm not Catholic, but I have spent a lot of time in Catholic buildings and churches around the world, and they're beautiful. And and I'm, I'm not opposed to building beautiful buildings. I think it's important. Yeah, I, I think it's time for uh, uh, more beautiful buildings, I, yeah. I personally. And, uh, okay, so 
so that's just to move on. You know, well, number four. I mean, it's it's really unfortunate that it, you know it has engendered this level of um, disinformation circulating. I mean, people have said I've heard that you know I was in the pockets of developers on the Charter Revision Commission, and I was put there specifically, you know, to turn. Well, you know, the problem is that you're employed in a prominent law firm, and uh, kudos to your family for having a prominent law firm. But some of that stuff is just water cooler talk. You know? No, it's just, I know. It just goes, but, it's, it goes. But, but, you know, I, I do think that, you know, creating this idea that volunteers who serve the community have sinister motives is unfortunate. We can yes. disagree on the issues without subscribing sinister motives. And, and I think that that's something that's happening now, and you've seen it with Amendment 4. I mean, I am not in the pockets of developers. We were not lobbied by any developers. Um, and there was one who came who was a lawyer on behalf of a school because there is no additional zone educational use. I know, and, the, fe- I know the feeling. You know, so that is an issue. There's no additional zone religious use, you know, which is arguably a violation of federal law. Um, well, and, I remember that came up when, uh, when the Shabbat wanted the Chabad, to be you know, yes. Chabad. yeah. Uh, it's not Shabbat, it's Chabad. It's Chabad. Chabad, yeah. okay. When it was being built, there wasn't a zone for that. It was a residential home that was built. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, somehow we overcame it. Well, there's a federal law. So the zoning wasn't changed. They used this federal law that basically you have to let, uh, have to let a religious institution um, that acquires a property be there if there's no zoning space. Yeah, there's, which a, lot, there's a lot of Chabads. Uh, say it again? Yeah. Chabad. Chabad. Yeah, it's C-H, re- so it's... Yeah, C-H, yeah. so I, I blow it. Yeah. But the Chabad are quite common in neighborhoods of Brooklyn and Harlem and New York. Yeah, and so are other churches, churches you yes. know. And, and right now, if a church wants to come to Keeps Gain, all the zone spaces are taken. So it's um, it's a pr- it's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. And, and so this, you know, what the charter revision committee was thinking of is how do we make sure the community is protected and with it so we have you know a super majority vote of council required to make changes to the zoning code that's a big hurdle the budget did not pass the I'm most so, recent I'm not budget so sure there's people there are people who don't 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 agree they, they, i agree i know there's lots of people who don't agree game five votes uh yeah, I would say that Ed London will say that's really hard hurdle because he's he's lost many four threes in votes. But this is a small town, man, and uh, it's kind of hard to convince people that that a supermajority of five is not that big of a deal. Well, now, you tell pe- me supermajority in Dade County, I'll tell you, yeah, that's yeah, a big that's deal. that's a different issue. But, <laughs> but I think it is a big deal. And we have seven council members. A lot of municipalities only have five. Yes. And Key Biscayne, there was actually a proposal to reduce it at, at one of the Charter Revision Commissions, and there wasn't support for it. People yeah. like seven. Um, and, and, and you're right, to your point, that that in essence is the high bar. Yeah, it's a high bar, but there's a an additional protection in place, which is you can force, our citizens can force a referendum on any zoning decision or other decision by council with 10% petition signatures. Tell me. I got 10 to build this building. Okay. so <laughs> it was totally And it's happened a lot. Okay. We have gathered signatures. That's how this provision ended up in the charter to begin with. That's yeah. how we got a debt cap. There, you I remember know, I participated, uh, I participated in, in quite a few of my ideas uh, had to do with petitions. Uh, at least I chose to 
do petitions. I remember the petition uh, that I was a, the only time I wasn't by myself. I was on a team, and that was for the sidewalks. They not put sidewalks on both sides of the street, just one side of the street. And that what, what year was that? Huh? <laughs> well, my God, you know, come on, I'm 58. I don't remember. Okay, uh, I was just curious. I couldn't remember. I didn't remember there was an election on the sidewalk. No, we were petitioning to make sure there wasn't. Okay. Uh, no, no, not an election. No, not a referendum. A petition to, hey, the community doesn't want this. We proved it by signature, so we didn't have to Got go it. to the referendum. The, the point, the, and and by the way, there's also, and we don't even, and we haven't even mentioned public comment. I mean, on Key Biscayne, our government is close to the people. I don't think there's anyone who lives more than ten minutes. You know, and that includes. If you live in a condo, going down to the elevator, walking to your car, getting in your car or golf cart or we walking. walking to these I know we should walk. <laughs> I was just going to say that. But we're so close to Village Hall and our, you know, and, and speaking at public comments is available on and, and any of these um, anything that comes before council is going to have numerous public hearings. In fact, I think most zoning issues require three public hearings, not even the normal two. So you have multiple opportunities for public input. Then, if and then you require supermajority vote of council. And if the council goes rogue, there's an opportunity to petition the actions of council. So to yeah, us, yeah, but you have to. On, but you're very dependent on the future population of Cuba's Cane. There's enough Jennifer Buttricks out there. There's enough Manny Campbells out there who actually go and get signatures. Yeah, but there always have been. I mean, we've gotten signatures on petitions regularly in the history of Kiva's Game. And, and it's even easier to collect them now than it was Yeah, because you go before. to change.org. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't even yeah. have a computer. Yeah. I mean, you you can't just use change.org because there are requirements yeah. and they have to be verified. I had so. to go face-to-face and make sure that it wasn't a handyman signing and it wasn't yeah. an electrician signing. It had to be a resident of the key. And it it has to be sh- a voter. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, no, in my case... I can't say that all 1,800 signatures were registered voters, but I made them put a star under registered voter so that I was just making a presentation on behalf of my father to expand the hardware store here. So it was just letting the the council know these are registered voters and these are the whole people who... But I had to make sure that it weren't handyman because, you know, I was was hardware. You know, we, as the Charter Revision Commission met and discussed this and tried to figure out how to address it. And, and, you know, people say, well, why didn't you carve out density? And, And because of the way the language was written, if you start to carve things out, it was going to require two ballot questions. And then if you have two questions and they're decided by the voters More inconsistently, yes. you then have another that you're you're creating a bigger mess. So we felt that creating requiring a supermajority plus the provision in the charter that allows for a petition created sort of a belt and suspenders and got us back to best practices in municipal government, which is having the elected officials make the first crack at all zoning decisions. Well, your, sm- your smile is that you 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 really have total faith in your village council. I, I, I don't, lo- actually. And that's why the petition are you, are you, language... Are you ap- as apprehensive as so many people that, that have spoken to me are? No, I'm not. Mo- because most of the time, people just like what the council has been doing. I, I mean, listen, we, we really have an incredible municipal government that that operates with transparency and efficiency and, and displays best practices in municipal government. And there's a group out there that complains all the time. Yeah, and, every community. And I, mean, I, I think I, it's gotten I, I, worse. I'm a member. I'm a member. Um, I, 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 you know, I've gone to, before the council. I've put my money I, where my mouth is. I've had representation to go for things that I thought were best for our community. I talk in fr- at public so comments all the time. I fully understand your I, feeling, and I understand your devotion, and I understand your volunteerism, and I understand your commitment to the quality of life out here. 
and you got great DNA bloodline. Yes, I, I grew up speaking about municipal government at you know over the dinner table. So yes, this yes, is, I could see. And I've always had a, a strong appreciation, even if I didn't disagree with, uh, even if I didn't agree with your father, I always loved his manner. Yeah, the way he presented his case, and like a, like a litigator, you know, just hey, point, 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 closing. Yeah, and and, and listen, and one of the reasons I really love municipal government is that the things that divide us on a state or national level don't necessarily exist at the municipal level. We all want oh my the God, same this, things. This, cam- this and, campaign is the, the uh, prototypical. Yeah. The Republican uh, candidate for mayor is being supported by the left, and the Democratic candidate for mayor is being supported by the right. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. I well, think I think uh, some draw- of the candidates draw- have a I'm, lot of support I'm d- remember, by, I'm on both here, sides of the aisle. I'm but. standing here as the radio guy trying to assemble all these feelings and giving no opinions. People have pretty much understand my political opinions, obviously, but it's all national and state stuff. Uh, here on the key, I'm just a, a person with a lot of experience, man. I've, I've been in here for a long time, and I've done a lot of things that I thought were always in the best interest of the island. And the people that disagree with me probably have the same desire. You know, Mr. London said that, that, hey, man, you know, I have these ideas. People don't agree with them, and they're, let's call a vote, you know? Yeah. So that's a beautiful part of our city. So... Is there, isn't there one more amendment? Uh, There's two talk? more we haven't covered. Okay, but, go for um, it. So number one, which is um, raising the threshold requirement for a capital expenditure to be approved via ordinance with mailed notice to voters, raising that from 500000 to a million. Um, and the idea, this was put in, it wasn't in the original charter. It was added to the charter in 2002 as a result of that charter revision commission. Um, and it was when there there had been a lot of capital expenditures because of the construction of the municipal buildings. And yes. some people had spoken at public comments that they wanted greater oversight of capital expenditures. So it was added to the charter in 2002. And the staff came to the Charter Revision Commission and said, due to inflation, the, the dollar value um, uh, today is not what it was in 2002. So we'd like you to raise this dollar threshold. So we looked at it. We spoke to council members. And just so you know, so when you have an ordinance, that means it's two readings. Yes. Um, but this provision also requires mailed notice to voters. So you have the first reading. For a capital expenditure over five hundred thousand, then you mail notice to voters, which costs seventy five hundred dollars, and then you have a second reading, and then the capital expenditure is approved. Okay, so it's this, and it's already gone through the budget process as well. So it went through the budget process, and now no, it's going under the debt cap. Right, well, I mean, these are capital expenditures under. Also, it would be aside from. No, it's important that the yeah, listener yeah. understand that because look, there was there's that's something vague in my mind. It's apart from the debt cap. It's apart from the debt. But, I mean, it it may be because it could be you're not spending money that goes beyond the debt cap. But And and financing is approved separately and requires a supermajority vote if the council is borrowing money. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about expenses that they've budgeted for, that have gone through the process, uh, the budget process, have been approved by council already. And now the, the, the village uh, staff is recommending the purchase or the expense. So it has to go in front of the council again. And the question is, does it go via resolution, which is one public hearing and and, um, one meeting, or does it go via ordinance, 
plus a mailed notice. And a second reading. And a second reading. So if you get those postcards in the mail and um, on capital expenditures, and that's really important to you, and you want to keep on getting those postcards in the mail for expenses from 500000 to a million, vote no. That could be like a new fire truck. New fire truck. Yeah, police car, any, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, any, any expense that's a capital expenditure between 500 and a million. So we recommended raising it to a million just because of the time value, you know, the, the cost of money has changed, but also giving some wiggle room so it will last another 20 years. So you're not revising this portion of the charter every five years. So that was the thought process. Um, we spoke to council members, at least I did, and I asked them, so what, this mailed notice to voters, does it engender significant public comment? And the answer I got was no, it doesn't. So we're spending this money, $7,500 per mailing, and it doesn't result in people flooding to the council chambers to talk about these expenses. If it did, I would not have recommended voting for this. But I just feel that we're it's an expense, $7,500 per... We're not that ridiculous that we have to... You know, rush to the council and protest over these types of But I mean, it's just that people aren't, and, and frankly, I think most people throw well, away the notices. To, to take yeah. care of that kind of stuff. But still, expenses over a million, you will get a, a postcard in the mail still, and it will have two readings. So it's just raising that threshold. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, it does. Yeah. It yeah. does. I believe if I if I have any reservations, I just speak them to you. Uh, um, and only... this one, I, I understand. Ed London is opposing this one. Brett Moss is opposing this one. They they think more public notice on these matters is is really important, even though it doesn't engender additional public comment. They think the process is important, and I I understand that. And I I I certainly can under I I disagree. I'm I I'm gonna I voted already, and I voted yes. I think it was the right decision on the council, uh, on the Charter Revision Commission, just because of the value of money and how that's changed over 20 years. But I certainly do, on this one, understand opposition. Okay, so we've covered all the... All one the more. One more. Number Keith, five. You got, you, got the, you got the memory of an attorney. Man. I do. I do. I am an attorney. Yes, Is that absolutely. Funny? Yes. Of course you So are. number five, um, and this is creating primaries for council to mirror what we do for mayor if there are nine or more candidates running for three, three seats open like seats. No. Right. Uh, but now there wouldn't have been a primary because there are only five candidates right. running. So people would have had to qualify in June when the mayor qualifies, but they would not have had any election in August. It would have just all gone on the general election ballot in November. Um, and this one was the probably took the most of our time trying to figure out how to address um, the way we elect council members. And it's changed over the years. This How we do it now was not what was in the original charter. and and Well, we were always top three vote-getters, no matter how many runs. No, you used to have to get a majority, though. So there used oh, to be a okay, runoff. All right. So there used to You're be correct. a runoff. Yeah. Yes. And, but what was there happening... There used to be runoffs, yeah. Yeah, but what was happening is you had the general election in November. The runoff was scheduled by the county two weeks later. But because... You can vote for three, but not everyone votes for three. Some vote for two. Some vote for one. The elections office was taking a very long time getting back to figuring out who had actually won a majority. And so we weren't finding out who was going to end up in the runoff until days before the runoff. And then there was very low voter turnout. So prior charter revision commissions were very, very concerned about making sure 
the election was decided when the most people were voting. And, very legitimate argument. Which is very legitimate. And we wanted to protect that as well. So where the, you know, the final election, where these are the people who are going to represent you, are elected in the general election. But we also were concerned that when there's a large pool, like there was in 2020, people were getting elected without near a majority of the community. Yeah, the and a lot is, of electors, because presidential elections, those, uh, those when there's a presidential election, I don't know the numbers, but it's got to be a considerable amount more voters who come those yes. years as opposed to midterms. Yeah, we Key Biscayne gets pretty high voter turnout. We're really well, this educated. One should, this one yeah. should be. <laughs> yeah, we're a pretty educated community, and we vote in higher numbers than Well, there others, also has to but... be a certain uh, inkling uh, because of the politics. Yeah. Unfortunately, the negative sides of the politics this year is probably going to bring a lot of people out to vote. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So the idea was to, to just follow what we do for mayor, um, you know, create council primaries so you're if you have this large pool of candidates, you will have a primary that will eliminate some candidates. Now, the language is real. It's written really kind of in a bizarre way. Um, and by the way, the commission did not write the ballot language. That's written after we sunsetted and it's written by the attorneys and the ballot language. Attorneys of our city. Are the city. Yeah, sorry. The city attorneys. And and they have to follow very specific requirements and, established and in limit. state uh, word I limits remember, remember, and a uh, title and... Mr. Yes. Sardinas mentioned that you're limited on the words. It's 75 words, I believe. And Nick I also believe. said it, and Nick says it was his idea, and, and <laughs> Sardinas said it first here on the 19th. So but that's, that's why, I, I mean, going back to the zoning provisions, that's why, like, you're limited on the number of words, and it has to be single subject. So just to clarify definitions, like, each definition could be a separate ballot question that you wanted to clarify, which is crazy. Well, but there, anyway, is a, but, there is that talk, uh, I believe, Mayor... Uh, Davey made this comment recently. Uh, he was being uh, interviewed uh, on the Keep Us Getting Stories uh, podcast, and uh, Alejandro asked him that, uh, this is a point that, again, I'm hearing out there, if, if he suggests that we should pass an ordinance that specifically caters uh, Amendment 4, that triggers Amendment 4 into understanding that people still have the right to go to referendum on a specific matter that has to do with density, if that's the case, doesn't that mean that Amendment 4 was poorly worded? If uh, Well, so I, I disagree I mean, with Mayor Davey on you that. Clar- you, I, I, you clarified I, that it's the, th- the hurdles, you know, the limited amount of words and all that. But there is a sentiment out there that if you've got to go to ordinance after passing this referendum... I, I don't agree that you have to have an ordinance. I don't think density can be increased on Keeps Gain. I think yeah, it's a fear... Ma- uh, right. I think plan. it's a fear that's completely unwarranted. Nobody wants to increase density. You have a candidate and his supporters saying that we do. I can assure you, I don't. I will be the first one circulating a petition in the event that um, the council moves to increase density in this island. But also, density for zoning purposes and in Intensity are two different things, and I don't think that people really appreciate or realize oh, that. Please, please explain and that. That's a very so good what point. I, so, so 101 Sunrise, okay, was a building that was demolished and rebuilt. Yes. It was largely one-bedroom units, maybe some efficiencies. I'm not one exactly floor, I sure. It was one floor, wasn't it? Or was I, it two floor? I can't no, remember. No, I think I don't remember I'm either. Envision, but it, I was, it was one floor, or maybe it was a no. Two, it was more it was because, um, but and and they actually with the redevelopment reduced the number of units, but they replaced them with 
larger apartments, three, I think even some four-bedroom yeah, units all, and two-bedroom. And, and they're housed to families with multiple children who use our schools, use our resources, have more cars. There are more cars that park there than did before. So we technically, under the zoning code, reduced density, but the intensity, meaning the number of people utilizing our community's resources, increased. Yeah, yeah, we have, we're a much larger so, population. And because of that, so here we have a situation where technically density was reduced, but none of us feel that. And I'm not sure that the voters appreciate those kind of nuances when they're going to vote on zoning amendments. No, I don't even think they ask themselves the question. No. So, and those are important questions, but this is also, I would go to why zoning codes are complicated technical documents that belong in the hands of the experts, not us. And it's funny, I saw a comment and someone was was criticizing um, one of the presentations that the Charter Revision Commission did on uh, on these amendments and said... um, you know, these are, you know, the uh, council member McCormick is going to be the one deciding zoning decisions. And she wasn't as well versed as Jennifer Buttrick, which is ridiculous. I was actually assigned Amendment 4 to discuss at this session. And, mm-hmm. and uh, council member McCormick is just as well versed as I am. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, if you don't think Allison is as well versed, how are 8000 people going to vote on that? It's absurd. Okay, so uh, are so, there other properties that you think are similar to 101? Uh, I um, I think that this the redevelopment, if, if Galen and Sunrise, those streets are redevelopment, a similar thing can happen, which is so reduce the, you reduce uh, your technically... Reduce density. Right, so those are things that we need to be talking about and thinking about that a, a zoning code density number doesn't get us necessarily where we need to be, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, but we yeah. didn't finish number five. Go for so, it. which is the council primaries, and because I do think it's important to discuss the. My son Josh keeps on calling. I'm Josh. sorry, and he's on my emergency contact list. So yeah, it's, it's coming a, through. Over through. Um, Go ahead and text him if you want. I'll, yeah, I'll sit just, there and ramble no, no, no. along. It's, no, it's okay. Uh, I just told him I couldn't talk right now. Um, but so the the negative comments about negative or the concerns about creating a council primary is that it will it's a longer process because candidates have to qualify in June and it will discourage people from wanting to run because it's such a long process. Yes. And uh, listen, I think that's a, a valid, legitimate concern, but we have the expectation for mayor. So why isn't it an expectation for every candidate? And And this is, you know, a, a benefit of a longer process is a longer period of time for the community to get to know the candidate. And even this year, there was no primary, but some of the candidates chose to qualify early. And that did give us a yeah, longer period of time. Yeah, yeah and, there's a benefit um, to that in, and, when you're campaigning. Right. And so, and I do think that these are positions that involve the public trust. I mean, these people are, they have other people's money and they're making those decisions. Yes. And, and getting closer to a majority support from the community, I think, is really critical. No, and remember uh, what I used to call uh, reverse apartheid. We have a great deal of residents here that don't register, aren't even American, and they're paying an incredible amount of taxes. So mm-hmm. they're really relying on, on a council that they're probably not familiar with, especially if they just moved here. Uh, but we, we have that reality where we have an incredible, I, I don't like to say the word, 
uh, it's a knock, resident alien, but in, in, in immigration status-wise, <laughs> a lot of people don't vote here, yet they pay their real estate taxes. And that will that that is something I would like to address to you. What happens with these amendments? And people worried that tomorrow it's not you and I on the council, not even uh, paying attention, really. Hell, I, in my case, I could be in a wheelchair and not even know what day it is. So, and you know, it's my reality. But what what are these what amendments? Um, the people who are worry, wearisome is that tomorrow's Kiva scan might be dramatically different than today's Kiva scan. I'm already noticing it since the beginning. I mean, it's, certainly it's changed. Human, I mean, Kiva you know, scan has been, so you don't it's think been that, discovered. Uh, I, listen, I believe in representative democracy right, and yeah. I believe in an engaged citizenry. And, you know, the people you elect, is it's always a risk. I'm not going to say there's no risk, but there are protections in place. And, and yeah, the protections you, you are... Those. Yeah, and I think those protections are critical. And I don't think that we would have necessarily come to the decision we did on Amendment 4, but for the belts and suspenders that are in place to protect this community and things that the community has consistently utilized over 30 years. I mean, this is, you know, I'm not sitting here saying we've never circulated a petition. It's happened repeatedly and consistently when council has done something that a small group, sometimes, by the way, there was a group of people who thought the community center was a terrible idea and they had an election. They were wrong. They They had an election on the community center. And they reduced the size of the pool. I know. I wanted a big pool. Yeah, man. We could have had, unfortunately, this is the part going back to school. One of the statements that was made, and this is just an antidote because we're we're finishing up now, is that the pool, the Olympic-sized pool would have brought high school competition. I go, hello, us as an adults have to be fighting for children's experience, not our experience. So, Manny, you wanted a waterfront lot and an Olympic-sized swimming pool. I I think you're a tax-and-spend liberal like me, deep down at heart. Uh, Anyway, uh, I'm uh, I'm kidding. uh, No, you're you're absolutely right, but I believe that government has to have vision. Yeah, I agree. But by the way, that's why our municipal government... So people here, like you and I, who are on opposite sides of the political spectrum, can agree that municipal tax dollars are often well-spent on projects that, you know, the community center, on Village Green, and and people aren't necessarily... Kudos to Mort Free. Yes, I mean, good things. He pulled, like, he pulled, the, he pulled the trigger on that one fast. First yeah. council, I believe it was. It was great. I mean, brilliant. But that was objectionable to a yes, lot of people. Was. There were some people who were totally opposed to the purchase of Village Green. And by the way, had we not done that, oh, it would yeah. have been another shopping center, yeah, another commercial development. The, it would have taken away the incomplete fabric yeah. of our community. And, and you know what? There's one other thing that I forgot to say quickly as we're coming to a close on on, uh, Amendment 4. You know, there are a lot of people that think passing this amendment stopped the multi-tower development at the Senesta, and that is not true. The multi-tower proposal was within our zoning code. Yes, it was. It was. And so I was for it, by the way. I I wanted a hotel. I mean, I really I really was annoyed, again, as a business owner, of that, that, that tourist that would come to Senesta would buy a lot to take back home. Yeah. And, and they would buy in my store, and I lost. And I grew up at the Sinesta. Uh, I, I, I made $5,000 in luggage sales alone a year. Wow. So Think for me, that. for me, I grew up at the Sinesta. They had a club that, you know, local residents could join. Yes. And I made jewelry on the beach with Judy Coslin for yes. years at the Sinesta. Um, and it was a, I, you know, um, 
the restaurants were restaurants we frequented. Oh my God, um, now, what was the China Garden? Two, no, Two Dragons. Two Dragons. Sorry, yes, you created China dragons. Garden was a square. Sorry. And remember the you know the teriyaki the the they had the teriyaki tables yes, that you could yes. eat at and but that was what like Benihana lobby, right here wasn't on the Wasn't that lobby so, was so enchanting? It was and you know when I grew up on the Key we had the Key Biscayne Hotel we had the was it the Royal Caribbean Royal, uh, Royal, Royal Biscayne. Biscayne. And the Sinesta. And, you know, we did tennis at the Royal no, and, Biscayne. And the and, Key Biscayne Hotel and Villas was iconic, where Nixon and uh, yeah. Kennedy get, uh, handed power over yeah. to each so, other. And, when I, and to me, like, only having one hotel on the Key, Changed I don't think, serves entirely. our community well. And just, you know, Oceana ended up just another residential development. And I've been to Oceana one time. It, you know, Well, one thing I'll speak up for Oceania. I know this from the get-go. If it wasn't for Grand Bay and Oceania... I don't believe the county would have allowed us to incorporate. That amount of taxes made us sustainable to this day because I know this from the get-go, and I was one of the few kids my age that were actually paying attention. Ocean Club, as big as it is, and the traffic and all that, that all that malarkey that I could, you know, I can leave for another day. But those two projects pays for that incredible matrix of a fire team that comes into my house and brought my mom's blood pressure down. Yeah. Five firemen come through the door and my mom would call 9-11. But, you, you, know, can't, but, you can't do that with two little story buildings, you know, a bunch of sunrises and galens throughout the island. It was Grand Bay and Ocean Club. And we've saved city over $200 million in fire rescue service alone by incorporating. Think about that. Yes. And and but we, we still have, have to sustain ourselves in those buildings. That I, I don't space? know. I don't know. I haven't done the analysis, so I oh, don't know on. if you're Ocean right there. Club and Grand Bay, those those properties alone sustain our budget practically. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, but I will tell you, our fire rescue service is amazing, and anyone Second who's to had to call 911 uh, knows how great they are. My mother, and, yeah, my mother, and uh, I've had to call a couple times, and and you know they've taken such she great had care of our family. Hypertension, meaning uh, mm-hmm. Alzheimer, uh, what they call. Uh, 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 acute Alzheimer, which is so much hypertension for so long that eventually gets to your uh, brain cells. And she was always uh, hypertense and fearing of death. Man, when those guys would show up, they even had a record of her heartbeat from the previous event. Yeah, they're amazing. And her blood pressure would go down. Because you yeah. just see these see guys them. in outfits, how they brought the machine down and, you know, they immediately took her pulse and stuff like that and, and the way that they spoke to her and all. And heaven's gates. It's a great resource. You know, you can anyone can walk in at any time and get their blood pressure taken at the fire, at the, um, fire station. Um, and I had, uh, I was very sick when I was pregnant. I had to have my blood pressure taken several Towards times the, a day. The part of the, yes. Yeah. And, but my um, obstetrician didn't want just the machine from CVS. He yeah. wanted the real deal. Yeah. And I used to go there and they would fax it to my doctor every day. <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> they okay, were amazing. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, thank you very much for coming. And your closing statement, uh, whatever you would like to say. I, I um, just hope that your listeners realize that the Charter Revision Commission took this very seriously. We really were focused on best practices in municipal government. And and I hope that everyone reads and educates themselves and doesn't listen to a lot of the propaganda and noise that's circulating about these. I can assure you that our intention was not sinister and that we do not want to cover Key Biscayne. That also concrete. applies to me because what? you're here. You, you've got to admit you were surprised. I am that very I happy. You relented. I've been trying to come <laughs> on this show for a little while, and you no, said. No, I was never. In all honesty, I was never in opposition to you speaking. Anybody here, I want this to be such an open source of radio, 
So I bring Tony's show back, Manny. Uh-huh. <laughs> unfortunately, on um, unfortunately, one thing that I don't tolerate is uh, any form of taking my kindness for weakness, and uh, it's hard to do what I did here. Uh, it's hard to have uh, relationships here that don't necessarily think this I- this idea is even worth it, and yet they're participating to allow this to happen. And Man, I, I was really taken aback by that. That just was a very harsh reality for me. And it's, you know, it was 27 months to build this. Uh, there was two years where I got nothing but no's all over this community. There, I, I ain't putting an antenna here. I feel like there are facts that I don't know. So yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> I've been building a radio station, and I, uh, I told this to my father in, uh, back in the day. I don't think people understand how difficult it is just to get 1,800 signatures without a computer to force the hand of the council to give us their freaking permit here at the old Exxon gas station so we can build this beautiful building so this community would have a hardware store. It's yeah. that real to me, for me personally. Same with the school. I, I, it's an abomination to renovate a, a school that's 50-something years old in the toilet bowl of Key Biscayne. That's a, abhorrent. Mm-hmm. You know? And your kid is saving you. So, we're done. We're, we're done for today. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you, Manny. I appreciate being on your show. Thank you very much for coming, Jennifer. And uh, we all have the best intentions, and we want what's great. So onward. This is WSQF Blink Radio. I'm yours truly, Manny Cambo, alias uh, Mac on the Rock. And uh, I think uh, it's a fitting song that I'm going to play now, Genesis Invisible Touch, 1986. Take care, my friends, and stay free. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube, Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.